back please forgive us for not releasing an episode earlier this week yeah i feel like this week was tough for the both of us yeah it was it was mental health is a thing it is yeah but we're here we're We're here our special episode we're doing my favorite episode that we do. Yeah. Because just our listeners, it it really has, like, not even become my my favorite. Like, I remember when I first started the podcast with Melanie, and I'm like, we need to have, like, we were talking about, we need to have a listener stories episode where we hear from people. Yeah. And just being so stoked on the idea of just connecting with listeners. And now we're just getting so many listener submissions. It's amazing. Like, we're at a point. I mean, I remember what was only a few months ago. That we were like, okay, let's see if we'll have enough to reach an hour or yep. so. <laughs> and now it's like suddenly just we finally, I feel like we've, have we secretly made it as a podcast? <laughs> I feel like kind of. I kind of. <laughs> like. Guys, are we a big deal? Tell us if we're a big we, deal because we don't we know. We did hit, um, we're officially over 2,000 followers on Instagram, yeah. Well, does, which. Yes, which is huge. Yes. And we, I mean, we we discussed like what, you know, doing something if we hit that. And I was so afraid to be like, hey, guys, we made it. Because I'm like, oh, what if they just all change their mind and leave? <laughs> no, we're like now in like 2050 something. So it's like we're well into it at this point. Yeah. We've made it to 2K. So I'll have to do something special for that. I think we discussed maybe like a live episode. Yeah. Uh, someone mentioned a guided meditation. That's definitely something we could look into offering. Mm, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, speaking to that, um, I am going to be putting together for the end of the year. Um, I'm going to call it a witch's compass. And it's going to be, we discussed this, I think, in just our mm-hmm. Patreon bonus episode. And this will be Patreon exclusive. Um, but I'm going to put together a little booklet that our patron members can download. You can print it out and write it out. It's basically going to be, um, a little journal for the new year where you all can reflect on the past year and then set your spiritual goals, um, or whatnot for the year to come. Um, I actually do something that's not so spiritual, just kind of like a personal check-in every year. And I always wanted to kind of spin it into more of a witchy thing i think that'd be Mm -hmm. something that our patreon members would really enjoy and for anyone who's been thinking like hmm should i be a patreon member do it because then you get access to this cool little (laughs) booklet love it yeah especially if you like journaling if you like Mm self-reflection um i'm not even huge in journaling but i always look forward to the end of the year because i do my my yearly compass what Mm -hmm. i call it um and 
it's just like I just set aside some time, like a couple hours where I just sit and be reflective and hopeful and just it's like very, very private. Um, and if you have friends who are also listeners of the show, um, you can do this like with your friends, like after you fill it out, if you feel so comfortable, you can sit around in a circle and like share what your answers are to each of the prompts. That's what I do with my friends. Um, not for the witchy one, for the regular one, but mm-hmm. just an idea. Um, think that'll be really a really fun offering for y'all. Yeah. I'm interested to see what that looks like. Cause I do, I do do journaling. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I feel weird calling it journaling. It was something that my therapist advised me to do as part mm-hmm. of the act, um, therapy that I was in where it's not so much like checking in every day, but like anytime something comes up, getting it yep. out and writing. So that's what nice. I've been used to. So I'm, I'm excited to see what this looks like. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I haven't um, put it together yet. Like I have the rubric of what I use for me personally every year. So now I just have to kind of use that as inspiration and and fine tune it um, for, yeah, for our witchcraft stuff. So nice. Yeah, it'll be pretty cool. Um, do we have any Patreon shoutouts? I feel like we do. Speaking we of Patreon. do. Let me get those pulled up because I think I had them pulled up on uh, for the spooky episode that we haven't recorded yet. We have several. You want me to name okay. them off? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we have, I can't believe how many we get. We have AJ, Melissa, AJ. Woo. Courtney, Beth. Michelle and Jesse. Courtney, I just put uh I just put your thank you note in the mail today. So for Yay. any future Patreon members, if you would like to receive that handwritten thank you note from us, it also includes a free sticker, which is pretty cool. Make sure you share your mailing address. It's obviously totally optional, but if you are interested in that, and then we're hopeful to um, use your mailing addresses to continue sending greeting cards like throughout the year and the years to come. So thank you so much to all of you for your support. It means the world to us. It really does. It's amazing. All right. Um, I will kick things off with our first uh, listener submission. This is from, okay, kick-ass name right here. Chaotic Lullaby. <laughs> she, her, hers. And she says, hi, witches. I have been binging the podcast on my way to and from work. I'm not caught up yet. I'm listening in order, but also skipping forward to the newer episodes when they come out. It is, it is a weird way to listen, but this way it feels like I'm actually up with the times. I decided to write in because in the last listener story that I heard, Maria was saying there were a few submissions <laughs> that day. So I wanted to do my part. A bit about me, I go by lullaby on the witchy circles, and I came to magic very early in my life. I don't really think there was ever a time before magic for me. I distinctly remember bubbling up as a small child and casting protective fields around myself and my mother when my abusive stepfather would start spinning. I never really knew what to call things, and many times I still don't. As a child, I was encouraged to do my own spiritual exploration, which I am eternally grateful for. 
As I researched, I would be like, oh, so that's what that is. I believe that I am incredibly blessed with some very engaged spirit guides who have been talking to me since very young. I identify as an energy worker first and foremost, and never really used the word witch to label myself before, but lately, with research, I have discovered that the chaos principles are very akin to my own beliefs. About nine years ago, after some major changes in my life, I stopped practicing and I fell into a time of depression. In 2020, I decided to get my shit together with my newfound time, sought therapy, started medication, and for the first time in years, started to feel like myself again. We're so proud of you. That's amazing. So proud. Yeah. With the improvements to my mental health, I started feeling the need to practice again, and even my clear senses started coming back. In my quest to reclaim my practice, I found you too, and I have to say, it has been a wonderful ride so far. Thanks to you, I have begun feeling more comfortable with labels and have fully embraced the witch name. I feel like there is much more I could share, but perhaps I should write in another time to tell of my own experiences with spirits. For now, I leave you with much gratitude and appreciation and sending you both good energy. P.S. Your banter at the beginning of episodes is much enjoyed and appreciated. Lullaby. I love your name. It's so cool. (laughs) And I love your kind words. That that means so much. I know. It makes me now be like, do you really like the banter? Do you want more of the banter? Or like... If you we'll like more banter. We'll give you what you want, Chaotic Lullaby. <laughs> we'll do it for you. Yeah, I mean, we're always like, I don't know, we try to keep the banter anywhere from like five to ten minutes because we don't want people to be like, oh, just get on with the episode. But I like our banter. If you like it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, It's so wonderful to hear about your journey. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that part of your life. I know just the way that we grow into our practices, even if it's like a generational thing, I mean, most of us, I feel like, found witchcraft and had to self-identify with it over time, Mm -hmm. um, while few of us actually grew up with it. Um, I'm a little jealous of (laughs) y'all that have grown up with it in a generational sense, but it's, it's so amazing to hear our listeners' stories and how they kind of have come to their own or how they've accepted who they are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons that I love listener stories episodes so much. Yeah. Yeah. So we're so happy that you took care of yourself, that you prioritize your mental health, and that all of those clear senses you talked about came back to you. It sounds like Mm -hmm. you are doing really well. We hope that continues to, to be so. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for writing in. Yes. Thank you. All right. We'll go on to the next one here. Uh, They write, hi, witches. I'm, I was going to say it incorrectly. It's spelled fine, but I like an instruction. So Finn, right? Is it like Finna? It's spelled fine. I like an instruction. So Finn. Right, Finn. But you know how like in German when it when a name ends in E, it's actually like an uh, so is it Finna? 
it's in some words. Oh, she says, I'm from Germany. (laughs) Yeah. It's like that in some words. I mean, I don't know German that well. I know a little bit of Dutch. So sometimes that can change it. But um, whether it's Finn or Finna, it's very pretty. Very. And they are she, they. So I'll I'll try to switch it up a bit. Um, She writes, I'm from Germany and have been listening to your podcast only for a short amount of time now. I am 13 and a Scorpio, which is really fitting because I never knew it was a water sign. So I thought, if it is fire, it's for sure not me. (laughs) Well, I'm all about water. So since since I found that out, I'm looking a bit into it. I resonate with the green path pretty much. And I also already invented my own practices. Mm -hmm. If you're interested in that, I could write another message about that and my journey. Yeah. I've been in witchcraft for a while now but I always listen to different podcasts. One of my stories is maybe a little insignificant and boring, but one I thought may be more interesting. So I'm a scout, and we had a hike with multiple different groups from my area to the campsite. Finally arriving there, we were all very exhausted and tired. I started feeling weird and nervous. I was having goosebumps and felt generally uncomfortable and giddy. The campsite was divided in the middle by some bushes and trees, and behind that, we wanted to set camp on the grass. On the edge of that spot, there were trees again, and there it was. A cross, stone, covered by ivy. Kind of like a tombstone or memorial. Standing in front of it, my weird feeling gets worse. Half joking, I said to my friend, sure gotta be ghosts here, right? I do, to a certain point, believe in the paranormal, since listening to your podcast and thinking about energy never dying and all that. I've never told anyone about it because they would think I'm crazy. So yeah, I kind of fled from that cross. I stopped walking alone as soon as it got dark, etc. Because I was scared and I didn't want to have another panic attack at a camp. What made even more sure that there were ghost spirits there was actually the girls' bathroom. The water tap there was one of those you need to turn to get the water on or off. I experienced multiple times turning clothes as hard as I could until it wouldn't move anymore. But still, sometimes it would suddenly go off and water would splash everywhere. That seemingly only happened to me and when I was alone. So yeah, Mm. do you think that could have been a ghost? I actually don't believe they were evil, more like a former scout who wanted to mess with me. The second story is kind of banal, but I thought it could be funny. So I was on my way home and thought, you know what? I really want some chocolate pudding with whipped cream topping. Oh, God, yes. Mm. We sometimes buy those at the store. Then suddenly I was like, we have those. I did not look in the fridge that morning and had no clue whatsoever, but I just knew it would be there. As soon as I was home, I asked my little sister if we had some, and she said, sure, we bought it just last night. So yeah, any idea what could be up with that? Sorry for making this so long. I just wanted to tell you my little stories. Greetings and be blessed, Finn. P.S. Thanks for the protection episode. After experiencing the stuff and hearing about La Llorona. Llorona. That's right. And I just, I thought of a meme that was funny. Anyway, um, <laughs> I started getting scared in the dark. Now I put up Horace eyes on the doors and windows of my room and I feel much safer. Awesome. Oh, I love so much about this. I love, you know, Scorpio is one of those signs that you just, when you see it, you hear about it, you're like, oh my God, totally a fire sign. But it's like, 
fire sign of the water signs. It really is. It's just Scorpios. like that photo we posted on Instagram of like yeah. the water on fire. <laughs> Scorpios are just, they can be intense, but it's because they're deep. They're deeply emotional. Um, yeah. And it's if you can get into a good conversation with a Scorpio, it's you're going to be talking about the, the really deep things. So love that you're a Scorpio. Um, and then in terms of I love this going to the campsite. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the cross has to be someone's buried there. And it sounds like yeah. maybe it shouldn't have been there or it was very out of place being there. So I imagine the spirit could potentially be like, hey, nobody comes to see me. Oh, <laughs> they want to visit other people. I don't know if that's the same spirit or if it could have been a different one. And sure, you know, faucets can be funky with randomly turning on, but to like come sure. splashing out. I don't that's, know. I'm yeah. inclined to think there's something there. Absolutely. Especially if you are tightening it as tight as you can and it's happening. Yeah. Um. And it definitely seems like she has some clear cognizance going on, too. Absolutely. I think knowing, knowing, like, I think some people have this idea that those kind of abilities come with some, like, fuzzy feeling. But most of the time, especially for clear cognizance, it just, you just know. You just know. You can't explain how you know. It's just like if someone asked you, you know, how do you know the color blue is blue? I'm fucking it's blue it just is <laughs> you know uh-huh. it's like that kind of a thing you just mm-hmm. know and so that's what it sounds like this was so that's so cool I hope that continues to develop for you yeah and you're only 13 so you got a life a lot of life ahead of you to fine-tune these you know clear senses you got going on yeah and I hope you feel that you have a good support in that as well Uh, because i know Mm -hmm. at 13 that's a teenage years it's a tough road um and i think sometimes for a lot of people with abilities that's kind of when they tend to suppress them because there's so much going on um so i hope that you have support to help those grow yes all right so um I know that this subject line is titled October Listener Story. Sorry, (laughs) we had to push this to November because we just had so many. Um, But this next story is from Drunk Astrologer. And they say, hi, lovely ladies. Well, I mean, her name is Allison. Um, This is Allison again with the next installment of my magical adventures. In honor of the spooky season, I wanted to share my spookiest story with you guys. I'll start with a little bit of backstory. When I was 10, my family moved from Pennsylvania to the eastern shore of Maryland. My dad was a pastor and was called to ministry at a very rural church. We moved into a house behind the church. Our house had the church in front, a graveyard to the side, and everything surrounded by cornfields. My bedroom was the closest to the graveyard, and I could see it from both windows. I'm so sorry. I would not be able to live in that bedroom. (laughs) And I would want that to be my bedroom. (laughs) We'll switch bedrooms then. (laughs) I'll take the (laughs) cornfields. I was never bothered by the graveyard when we first moved in. I was way more upset about other things like the fact that I had to move away from my friends and the fact that the water smelled. Hmm. 
Interesting. I'm not sure exactly when it happened, but at some point, someone put a green flashing light on their loved one's grave. I still don't know why they did that, but the light would flash all night long in my room. It was that point that I avoided looking out the windows at night because I would see things moving in the shadows of the light. The graveyard seemed to come alive, but with each flash, the shadows changed. I was never scared, and to this day, I can't tell you what I saw. I just knew that there were things out there, but um, things out there, but never came into my room. My most memorable experience came when I was 11. This is an experience that to this day, I relive any time I think about it. It was Christmas Eve, and we were getting ready for the Christmas Eve worship service. I was outside the bathroom right next to the stairs getting ready as I had to dress up as an angel for the choir. That part is extremely funny now considering how my life has turned out. <laughs> Let's just say not a lot of angel-like behavior. <laughs> anyway, back to the spooky part. As I was waiting for the bathroom, I looked over and saw a large dark figure run up the stairs. I really thought that someone had decided to dress in a dark cloak with their head covered. My first reaction at the age of 11 was to chase after it. I should mention that now that at the age of 30, I can't even watch a suspenseful or scary movie without having a panic attack. I chased the dark figure up the stairs and kept it in my sight. As I turned the final curve, the figure disappeared. Mm. I quickly realized I had made it all the way to the top of the church and the only thing in front of me was the door to the attic. I opened the door and searched through the attic. I wanted to make sure that no one was there. The moment I realized I was alone, I ended up becoming almost giddy with excitement. I had seen my first ghost. <laughs> this was the moment that opened me up to how much more is out there and really was the first experience of many. As always, I absolutely love the podcast and I look forward to sharing more stories with you guys. Ooh, that's a fun one. That gave me chills. Thank you, yeah. Allison. For that story. I feel I, I feel that feeling of like seeing your first ghost, seeing your first thing that you're like, what the fuck? Wait, was that real? But like, it's mm -hmm. really exciting. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's, that was a great story. Okay. Let me go to the next one. This next one is from Jennifer. She, her, hers. <laughs> Which, let me see. This is another one where it was like one story. And then it attached on the, the email thread to somebody else's. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that happens sometimes when like we get a, like more than one form submission from our contact page, like within 10 minutes of each other, it, like just joins in anyways. Okay. But you can do like this, because I see that it's really short. You can do this one and the next one. Yeah, that's what I'll yeah. do. Okay. So Jennifer says, oh my gosh, I just had to laugh hearing about how Maria can't stand feeling wet hair on her back after a shower. I'm exactly the same. I have to be strategic every time I get out of the shower. I figured I was the only one on the planet who couldn't stand that feeling. Love the podcast. Thank you for sharing it with us all. <laughs> Listen, okay, Jennifer. So I have come up with a new strategy because I, I remember <laughs> in that episode describing how I like arch my back so that it doesn't, my yep. hair doesn't fall on my back, right? I no longer do that when I'm washing my hair. And this is like growth for me because I could only touch my wet hair when I was actively like 
rinsing it, you know, or, you know, doing like the suds for my shampoo or whatever. And then like after I was done, that's when I started arching my back. Well, I started the habit of now wringing like the water out of my hair. And yes, I still get some like loose wet hairs on my hands and I still gag, but it's enough for me to like shake it off. And then while my hair, while I'm holding my hair away from my body, then I like maneuver my towel around me. I just wanted to share that with the world because it's, it's, it was a big deal. It's a big deal. I'm just going to say. I love that I'm that even you touching have such my a hair. weird thing. <laughs> I mean, it took me years. I don't think it wasn't, it wasn't until like three years ago that I was able to take like the hairs, the loose hairs off of my brush. Like with my really? bare hands. So, do you, I, like I would a... have to take like a comb. And even then it was like, oh God, like my least favorite chore. Like a hair phobia, but n- maybe not quite phobia. Well, I'll tell you where it came from. My dad would always um, fucking mess with me. He had, he, my dad has a very sadistic sense of humor <laughs> and he would do like the thing where he was like, oh, oh, like as if he had a hair in his mouth and then just I'm so empathetic. That's just the thought. I'm like, that is disgusting when you have a hair in your mouth. That's the worst yeah. feeling in the world. So I, my hair phobia comes from my fear of if I get it anywhere near me, it's going to get in my mouth. So. I mean, I get that. And I, I will say. So thanks, two, dad. With two dogs <laughs> and a very hairy husband. I often find myself with like a hair in my mouth. So I'm quite glad you're having an issue there, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to take, I'm getting hot and I'm taking my sweater off. I'm trying to figure out how to get it off without taking my headphones off. I can see the hesitation. (laughs) Did you you see how I was like, okay, wait, how am I going to do this? Uh, I mean, okay. you can take them off for a moment. It's just it, now it's now attached it's, to the cord. Yeah, now my the cord <laughs> of my headset is just threaded through my sweater, but at least it's off of me. I was like sweating there. <laughs> oh man, okay. <laughs> all <laughs> right, all right. Next story. Okay, this one. This one I think is long. Um, mm. this is from Megan. Megan. And they say that we feel free to use her name, she, her, hers. Um, She writes, hello to the both of you. My name is Megan. And boy, do I have a tale for you. But first, the obligatory, I just wanted to say how much I love this podcast. Well, thank you. (laughs) I've enjoyed listening to the new witches during the pandemic so much. Every time I listen to an episode, I feel like I'm hanging out with my friends. So thank you so much for uh, just being your amazing selves. You're so Aww. welcome. Um, Sweet. Fair warning, the story is a bit long, so feel free to edit things down if necessary. I'm not editing anything. We're not editing shit. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I barely can edit myself. <laughs> now, on to the tale. I'm from northern Massachusetts. Why do I feel like everyone's from Massachusetts or that area? I'm I jealous. I feel like we have a following there, and I'm stoked for it. I'm saying we we have a following in New England. I mean, hell, we had someone write in from Germany. So we're reaching places. I'm just saying, (laughs) did we just make it? I think we've made it. (laughs) 
if any of you are in the Netherlands, please let me know. Oh, yeah. I just want to know. Just... Anyway, um, I'm from northern Massachusetts, so I grew up hearing spooky tales of the Bridgewater Triangle that is oh. on my list of paranormal episodes. That's a good one. It's literally like I have this little list of like when we do our spooky episodes, that was on like the top of my list. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay, Laura. Um, (laughs) If you've never heard of the Bridgewater Triangle, it's basically the Bermuda Triangle, but in Massachusetts and on land. Mm. Okay. It's not that similar to the Bermuda Triangle, but you get the idea. (laughs) This concentrated area of supernatural energy is rumored to be home to Bigfoot, puckwudgies, Mm -hmm. black dogs, a disappearing hitchhiking ghost, and of course, a portal to hell. You can't not have a portal to hell. That's me. I'm saying that. Because why not, she says. Uh, Then there's the general haunting, spooky feelings, murders, and spirits galore. I fancied myself well-versed in haunted happenings because my hometown has a resident haunted road, which I'd be more than happy to send another story about. Yes, please. (laughs) However, I was in for a rude awakening. Ooh. I went to college at a certain university smack dab in the middle of the Bridgewater Triangle. My friend Holly and I were rooming together. On our second night in the room, something hinky started going on. Hinky? I know. I like hinky. Is it like, what does hinky mean? I'm assuming it's like, uh... Something fishy? Weird? Probably. Kinky? I don't think it's like kinky. Something hinky, like wonky maybe? Like wonky, but like eerie wonky Mm. maybe? Is that an East Coast thing? I think it it is. wicked hanky. I've heard it before. I can't remember the context, but I feel like it was someone who was from New England. Mm. Okay. So I think it is, it's one of those, like a hella. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no. Gotcha. We got that. Um, so something hinky started going on. We had a string of color changing lights controlled by a remote in our dorm room. These lights were wicked finicky. The yeah. remote had to be. <laughs> Sorry, I was far too excited <laughs> at the word wicked. <laughs> Again, I let myself New out. England. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the remote had to be pointing directly at the battery box for it to work at all. Despite this, they started turning on and off and changing color on their own accord. Mm. The way our hallway was set up, our room was on a corner and there weren't any rooms around us. So it's not even remotely possible that someone was, someone else happened to have the same lights in the remote. remote. Oh, Laura. Take your time. It's okay. (laughs) You got this. We believe in you. Somebody needs to. Um, it's basically no one was messing with them. They just couldn't have happened. So at first we thought that maybe the lights were defective, but then we noticed that they would only act up at certain times. Mm. They tended to go off during really dramatic or emotional scenes and movies we watched when we were talking shit about particularly messy things. And whenever we were really upset, you know how life is when you're 19. Oh, yeah. LOL. Yeah. Yeah, sure do. Once we noticed this pattern, we started to get real freaked. Also, a few times I would be alone in the room and swear I heard someone open the door and come into the room, but nobody would be there. Mm. We ended up doing a little negative energy cleansing ritual. 
This wasn't a sage cleansing or anything. We were focused specifically on sending negative negativity packing, and this seemed to work. Did it go to your room? Did it go to my room? I don't know. I heard a noise, and I heard you look to the side. Oh, yeah. I heard someone stomping up the stairs, and I was oh. half expecting Gavin to come through the door. I was, like, ready to, like... Not yet. It's like, <laughs> at so-and-so time, cut out Gavin's bullshit. <laughs> There's Not so yet. much of Gavin that you that y'all don't hear because it just, yeah. it gets old. I mean, I love him. Freaking love him. But I'm not going to subject you guys to every single time he comes on air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gavin. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Okay, so it seemed to work. The lights would flash less often, and I truly think we succeeded in flushing the energy, the negative energy, from the room. To us, that meant whoever was still living tuition-free in our room was cool, and so we started to become buds. Hmm. Not wanting to assume anything, we started referring to our new ghost roommate as the spirit because we had no clue who they could be. We did some research, and although there was a big fire at our school in the 1920s, no one was killed. Okay. Tragically, in the past several years, there have been a few students from our school who have died. At least two were found unresponsive in their dorm rooms and later passed at nearby hospitals, but Aww. out of respect for the students, their families and those involved, the university has not released anything about the dorm rooms um, or residence halls in which those tragic events occurred. Right. While it is possible our spirit friend is one of those students, our personal hypothesis is that they're there's just a lot of residual energy in the area from all of the people who have passed through. So spirits were drawn here because spooky triangle. I like yeah. it's a new name. I, I think it, with your permission, um, Megan, if we can borrow that and make that into a sticker because spooky triangle. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> One night when we were going to bed, we decided to say goodnight to the spirit and we got a response. Right after we said goodnight, spirit, we heard a single knock on the closet door. Dead ass, I am not lying. This was the first time our spirit friend had directly responded to something we said to them. No, thank you. But they're not. No, thank you. It could be my grandpa knocking and saying, like, hey, sunshine, and I'd be like, can't do it. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> oh my god, I die right there. Now I, I hope he heard that, and I hope he knocks on the door for you. Listen, he better not. But <laughs> now that is actually totally something that he would do. He'd be like, "Oh, so that get on your skin, huh?" <laughs> now you know if you hear it, though. Yeah, it's, it'll be him. Yep. Uh, shortly after that, I was sitting at my desk doing something academic like writing a paper when I felt something poke my back. Like, girly, if you wanted my attention, you could have just made a noise. You didn't have to go getting all up in my personal space and stuff. A creepy thing happened one night when I was brushing my teeth. I was alone in the communal bathroom when I heard the sound of water dripping. Yeah. I turned around, double checked that I was indeed alone in the bathroom, and then looked for the source of the drip. One of the showers had turned on by itself. Uh, and before you ask, no, it wasn't just lightly dripping. 
there was a pretty substantial flow of water coming out of the shower. I was like, don't worry, babe. I'll be out of your hair in a second. And then the shower turned off. Not going to lie, I kind of ran out of that bathroom. To be fair, it was late at night during finals week and I was a bit on edge. Looking back, I'm not sure if whoever turned the shower on was my unofficial third roommate, as I'd heard from other people in my building and the university as a whole, that they'd had ghostly experiences too. For all I know, there could have been an entirely different entity trying to take a quick shower and I happened to interrupt them, but who knows? Another time, my roommate Holly and I had a nighttime exchange that went something like this. Someone clears their throat. Oh, should should I be like Holly? Oh, yeah. You be Holly, okay? Okay. So someone clears their throat. Holly, what? Huh? No, what did you say? I didn't hear you. I didn't say anything. No, I heard you clear your throat. I didn't clear my throat. I thought that was you. That definitely wasn't me. Spoiler alert, it definitely wasn't either of us. <laughs> that was fun. Unseen. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the spirit gets talkative at night. Again, there were no other rooms around us, and that throat-clearing noise definitely sounded like it was coming from inside of our room. <sighs> the real kicker happened on Halloween itself. Of course. Holly, Holly was walking... I almost said Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Holly was walking out of the bathroom when she saw a figure out of the corner of her eye. She says it looked like someone with long hair wearing dark pants and a white shirt. We knew everyone in our hall and they did not look like anyone we knew lived there. And at the time, visitors weren't allowed in the building. This person was standing at the end of the hallway. Holly did a double take and when she looked back, the figure was totally gone. She walked over to investigate and there was no one there. The way our hallway was set up, there was no way a living human person could vanish without a trace from that spot in literally two seconds. Perhaps our spirit roommate was taking a Halloween stroll through the building and just happened to get caught. Hmm. Towards the end of the year, we found out that a lot of the dorms at our school are apparently haunted. One of our RAs, and for anyone who doesn't know, RA stands for Resident Assistant. Which is basically an older student that gets paid to make sure the younger students don't go crazy. Cuckoo bananas. (laughs) Because American universities are weird. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Their RA told us in passing that they felt like we had our own Casper in the building. We just had to laugh and smile like the ghostly friend wasn't our roommate. When we finally had to move out at the end of the year, we were sad to say goodbye to the spirit. I kind of felt like they'd become my pal over the year. I hope whoever has lived in that dorm since dorm room since has treated our ghost friend well. Mm. Let me know if you'd like to hear any of my other tales, such as the history of my hometown spooky road, my creepy witchy childhood, the ghost that haunts my work, or my possible run-in with Mr. Bigfoot himself. Stay witchy, Megan. Yeah, I, like, all first of, the of all, yes, all of them. All we of need them? to hear all the stories, please. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, because like this one, I just love. I felt like, I felt like I got to feel what it was like to to have a ghost roommate. I mean, I have a, a ghost housemate. Um, this is different yes. in a dorm room, you know. Yeah. Super cute. Well, I love that. I loved that as well. Thank you so much, Megan. Ooh, this next one. Love the subject line. 
Listener story. Uncle Matt showed me heaven. This was submitted by Amanda. Amanda says, Hi, Lauren Maria. You ladies are amazing, and what you do has really helped me figure out my practice and how to come and how to come to as a Christian witch. I'm still new and learning so much, and you both are part of my journey. So huge, heartfelt thank you. My story is kind of long, but the details are important, I think. So feel free to cut anything out that you need. We do not edit these. It's okay. We will Mm -hmm. read it all. My story is both a communication with my uncle who passed and also, I think, led to my ultimate spiritual awakening. Small background. I was born and raised and still reside in Colorado. My dad's family lives in a small town in Minnesota, so we never got to see them much, uh, all much growing up. All much. Oh, my God. So we never got to see them all (laughs) much when growing up. When we were out there, my Uncle Matt was always opening his home to us. He was a high school teacher and had such a great spirit that made everyone adore him. I wish I saw that more. July 2019, he came to Colorado to meet my six-month-old son, but was struggling with severe Mm -hmm. migraines. When returning home, he was diagnosed with glioblastoma, which is a very aggressive brain cancer. I'm so sorry. The typical life expectancy is three months. He fought strong for 22 months. Wow. And he passed away at 47. I never saw him again after that July trip, and I regret it. But it was during COVID that he fought most of his remaining Mm -hmm. time, and I was scared that I would bring bring that to him. He passed away end of April this year. I'm so sorry. Yeah. The night he passed, I missed a call from my dad because I was bathing my son. I called him back knowing what I was about to hear and that Matt passed away. We are from a very Irish Catholic family, so for an hour after the call, all I could say was, I hope he's happy. I hope he's found home. I hope he met Jesus. After that hour, I was cried out and went to sit on my couch. My husband was sitting at the kitchen table. My son is running like a madman, and we just ordered pizza for second dinner. I love that second dinner. Um, Because I am an emotional eater, (laughs) I went to sit on the couch and I must have bumped the TV remote because a little half menu popped up with 777, an angel number. I am a firm believer in angels and spirit and I was pleased that an angel number popped up. I pulled up my camera and on the TV screen there were suddenly clouds that revealed a a small country-like cabin and the bottom of a mountain with a large tree next to it. I was in awe of the pretty scene, and when I clicked the button to snap the picture, it all disappeared. I had never seen that image before ever again. Matt showed me his home in heaven. I went to Minnesota to attend the funeral where I found out he and his family chose me to be a casket bearer. What an honor. I questioned for a long time why he chose me to show this vision to. There are tons of other family who he was closer to out there. A couple months after the funeral, he showed up in my dreams three nights in a row. And after the third dream, I saw angel numbers everywhere. I texted my cousin, his daughter, who shares a birthday with me, and told her the spiritual experience. I told her that he... Oh, I told her that the tree I saw I would explain as an oak tree. And all the dreams he was in, he was happy and having fun. I told her I thought he was happy in heaven. She told me how grateful she was to hear all that and that oak trees were one of his favorite. 
As I sit here now, I think back on it all often, and he actually appeared in my dream last night. I am thankful that despite the lack of seeing each other, he visits me often and allows me to share his message. Heaven looks beautiful. I hope you liked my story, and thank you again for all you do. Blessed be Amanda. Aww, I love that. That was beautiful. And if anyone is, is wondering what the background noises are, Gavin just walked in, so... Hey, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wasn't that such a lovely story? That was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. Amanda. Beautiful. I love that. Yes. And I love... Yeah. I, Amanda, I... that was gorgeous. Okay. Our next story is from... I'm so sorry if I don't pronounce your name correctly. Um, it, It's Tido or Tito. I'm assuming. I like the spelling. Yeah. Um, So you can always let us know what the correct pronunciation yeah. is. And then we'll know. Uh, but she writes, hello, October. Oh, my God, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> More like goodbye, October. Sad. Happy October, witches. Uh, I grew up in a fundamentalist slash evangelical Christian home and community bubble. I sipped the Kool-Aid pretty hard into my teen years, but I genuinely didn't know any better. Anything not of the Bible was of Satan, and that's a pretty solid wall uh, you're taught to build against the world. That mm. said, there was always something off about me that I was acutely aware of, but couldn't quite acknowledge till now. You see, despite being told that only God had power and was great, I kept having strange events happen around and to me. I did my best as a kid to reason through them with Christian logic and try to filter it through that faith, but there comes a time when you can't anymore and your own logic starts to condemn you as being evil, wicked, a witch, full of shit, etc. Mm. As a staunch religious young person who didn't seek out these circumstances, it seemed it started to seem pretty unfair, and so you push the memories down as deep as they go and you don't touch them again till you're almost 30 years old and writing um, into a witchcraft podcast <laughs> as it goes. <laughs> So my first story happened when I was seven. My father had cancer and was sent home to live his final days with our family. Mm. Nobody really told me this because I was so young. As far as I knew, he was just being cared for at home. I saw and heard the funeral prep take place on his good days, but to my young mind, it just seemed like a precaution rather than an inevitable. The night before he died, he knew he was leaving. He invited friends and family around to say goodbye, and people filtered in and out of our home all day. My aunt and cousins kept us kids preoccupied, so again, I didn't connect the dots. I couldn't have. Finally, at the end of the night, when he wanted to see us, my siblings and I shuffled into the living room where his hospital bed was kept. I wish I could tell you what he said to me. I don't doubt that he had last words for me as he gave last words to my older siblings, but I didn't hear him or notice because I was terrified. The room felt wrong. He had been in this hospital bed for weeks in our home. I had heard him cough, watched nurses attend him, seen my mother put on brave faces, but that night was different. By all accounts, it was like any other night, but his cough was worse and his voice weaker. But I knew. Somehow, despite people trying to protect me from this all day, I knew. I remember staring at him in confusion and fear. 
I climbed up onto my brother's lap at one point and told him something's wrong. I kept repeating it. Nobody addressed me. Maybe they couldn't? Remember, I was only seven. How do you break this down in the heat of the moment to a seven-year-old? Sure enough, he died that night. Each of my family members have a story of intuition or supernatural events of that night as well, but that's for another time. Before we go on to her second story, I do want to say there is absolutely a way to tell a young child about someone dying. Yeah. Um, I know it's hard. It's a difficult topic, but there are ways um, and plenty of resources out there now. So I'm so sorry that nobody talked to you um, and ignored you clearly knowing that something was wrong. That, that shouldn't have happened. Someone should have talked to you. Now, the second story, this is where Christianity really steps in. When I was about 11, my mom let me go to my first sleepover at a secular friend's house. We watched Secret Window, but I've never really been scared of horror movies and like, and the like, so I was fine with that. Right before we turned it on, though, the other girls wanted to play some game I've never heard of. Something about being light as a feather? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sat in a circle around the girl laying in the center, curious. As soon as they described the game, though, I bailed. Hell no, not this Christian girl. Besides, <laughs> people can't levitate. I decided to go back to my spot on the couch, and I was the only one sitting out. So the girls began the chants, and at first, it just seemed silly to me. My mom taught me to be really smug against anything non-Christian, so like a brat, I laid there and just rolled my eyes at their stupid game. Well, at some point, the chant got really fast. Like, really fast. I don't know how those girls did it, but they got really loud too. We had the lights off and they were so focused on their task that I felt safe covering my head with my blanket to try and drown them out. That wasn't enough though, because I couldn't get away from that sound. What's worse though, is the overwhelming feelings of dread and doom that filled the air. Mm. It was oppressive and suffocating. I laid under that blanket, desperately clutching it around myself, trying not to scream as my heart raced and the chanting penetrated all my defenses. I was terrified. I don't know what happened that night. Those girls don't remember it like I do. To them, it was just a fun chant that had zero results. For me, it was so much worse. As a believer, I thought they brought a demon in or something. As an atheist, I would look back and attribute that to my sheltered self-panicking because of faith. After listening to your podcast, I can't help but circle back and wonder if maybe, just maybe, something was in that room with us that night. Hmm. Maybe. Now the third story, this one is tough for me. I'm going to change things slightly just because I don't feel comfortable giving specifics in honor of the person the story relates to. It only seems right. When I was about 15, I was still attending church. During the first third of the sermon, the pastor would encourage us to fellowship, to turn to the people around us and greet them. This happened every Sunday, and it was, a f it was fun to turn to the people in the seats near me, extend a hand, some kind words, a smile, etc. One fall Sunday, a boy who normally sat in front of me had a friend along. They were both in middle school, so probably 11 to 13-ish. I shook the hand of the boy I knew and then turned to his friend. 
I never met this kid before and I would never meet him again. But in that moment, I looked into his eyes as I extended my hand and I froze. No, it wasn't some romance thing. I can't explain it. I've had this feeling before. It's like intuition without knowing exactly what was happening next. Like with my father. The boy's eyes captivated me. That's what I remembered most. Finally, I shook his hand and the fellowship moment ended, but it left me shaken. I turned to my friend and told her he has such clear eyes. The rest of the day, I was numb and off, but I had forgotten all about it the next day when we went to school. Shortly into the school day, there was a great commotion. Somebody was hit by a school bus just down the road at the middle school. It's shocking to hear because it's in our school district and it's sad, but I couldn't possibly know who got hit, right? Wrong. The boy from just the day before, it was him. Mm. He was declared dead at the hospital. I was a mess. I didn't know him, but it all made sense. I knew that foreboding intuition struck again. I went to his viewing later with some friends. The whole district rallied behind the student's family to show support. While there, and this part is rough, I heard his mom tell someone that they opted to donate whatever organs they could save. They could only save his eyes. Those mesmerizing eyes. I hope someone got them that needed them, but I am terrified just thinking about what those eyes did to me at Sunday so very long ago. Ugh, this one is so uncomfortable for me. Wow. And the last story for now, intuition strikes again. So this one is short. My brother was shipped off to the Middle East for war reasons. The next day, I had a panic attack in the hallways at school. I didn't have a reason at first, like there were no triggers. I just couldn't breathe and couldn't stop sobbing. Panic attacks tend to happen with no triggers, just FYI. So that is, I would expect that. My best friend at the time skipped class with me so she could take me to the bathroom and help me calm down. At this point in my life, with the previous stories I shared here, the others I haven't told you about, this feeling became familiar. In my head, it had to be about my brother. He was just stationed overseas in an active war zone. How could it not be his impending death? Anyway, my friend calms me down and we go back to our day. Normally, she drove me home from school, so I waited for her when the day was over in our normal spot. She was late. When she finally showed up, she was crying and in a rush. We get in the car and she explains that she got a phone call saying that her aunt, one she was very close to, had choked on some food and they found her on the ground. It was all happening live and in the moment. She gets another call right before we get to my house. Her aunt is dead. Luckily, it wasn't my brother and I could take solace in that, but here was my friend. I felt her family death and I sat there just hating myself because at this point it only feels like a curse. Sorry if these stories aren't what you're looking for or work in your format. You don't have to read them out loud. You can keep them for yourselves if you like. I spent so long denying my own sensitivity because of religion and then eventually atheism, but opening the door to these memories again has been so illuminating. What do you think is going on with me? I don't feel sensitive anymore. I've closed myself off from spiritual things pretty hard after leaving the church, but I wonder if it's still there after all these years. What are your insights? Well, first of all, I think you can 100% be closed off from spiritual things, Mm -hmm. but still have gifts. Yep. 
they they're not mutually exclusive whatsoever um so that's my main insight i would say explore them if you feel like it but it does not have to be attached to any sort of religion or spiritual belief at all i was gonna say the same thing like even if you don't subscribe to any sort of particular religion or just belief that doesn't mean that you don't have any gifts right um it sounds like maybe you're a little agnostic like i'm not going to tell you what you are but it seems like you're maybe a teeny bit open to what is out there and um i think that i mean it seems that you're definitely extremely intuitive and you know that comes from somewhere right mm-hmm. so it's totally up to you if you want to explore this intuition that you clearly have and if you don't want to that is absolutely okay as well i know that for me i can be inc- incredibly sensitive and that was just too much for me and that so i made a decision a while ago to you know not explore that because it wasn't in my comfort zone at the time and it's still not um but even then experiences still seep in i think when it's emotionally strong enough mm-hmm. um yeah especially if it's like my own like loved one or family member and um yeah no we appreciate all these stories that like all all the stories that any of our listeners write in we appreciate yeah we're going to read them like unless it has like a bunch of like hate speech or something or is super inappropriate or you know i don't know we've yet to receive anything oh excuse me i had a burp (laughs) anything like that Mm -hmm. so i mean you know we we love reading these we do we really do um so any any anyone else who you know if you're listening thinking about sending in a story whatever you have to say just unapologetically send it in however it needs to come in because we love that yeah okay i think we only have time for maybe one or two more sure okay all right so this next uh submission is from Teresa. the subject line is new to the show love it Teresa says hello ladies I just started listening to your podcast and I love it. I enjoy it so much. I've joined your Patreon. Okay. I'm a little I'm a little older than y'all. I turned 46 in December. So I'm not really a new witch. I used to practice in the 90s. Cool. I got married and had kids and moved to Las Vegas in 2004. I quit practicing while I lived in the desert. I really need trees and water near me, so the desert was not good for me. I also did not have information sources like your show to learn more about myself. I did not know until listening to your podcast number 70 on Spotify, Types of Witches, Chaos Witch. I am a total chaos witch. Yay! I I think I always knew I was, picking the names as my internet persona, Lady uh, Chaos with an X, Mm -hmm. like X-A-O-S, and Sim Chaos. I got... Chaos, pronounced chaos, but with an X, 
um, name from my hubby who is a D&D fanatic I and called himself that. Chaos Boy. I love that. <laughs> he has dropped the name. I felt like Chaos fit me well, so I kept it and I have been using it since 1997. I am a drafter. I draw shop drawings for a fabrication shop. I make resin art and do crafts to settle myself. I also play The Sims and build houses for fun. Total Sims. chaos wish. <laughs> <laughs> the main reason I am writing, other than to say hi and how much I enjoy the podcast, is I have a scary haunting story for October. Um, this, again, sorry that this had to be for the November episode, but here it goes. Um, this happened in 1998 to 1999 in Huntington Beach, California. My husband and I got pregnant before we were married. I was 22. He was 24. We moved in together and got married when I was seven months pregnant. Still married 23 years later. Love that. Nothing really happened in the apartment before our son was born. He had lived in the apartment for a year when a roommate and... Uh, with a roommate, and nothing ever happened with them. After we got married, the roommate moved out and we set up the baby's room in his old room. Still nothing unusual. After our son was born, weird things started happening. We, my husband and myself, and a friend of my husband saw a child ghost. I think it was a little girl in the baby's room and in the hallway leading up to the bedroom. Just a glance out of the corner of our eye. I didn't think much of it. I have, uh, I have always been sensitive, and the child ghost seemed more curious about the baby than anything else, so I let her be. It was what followed the little ghost girl into the home that was the problem. Uh-oh. It showed itself to me as a shadow person. Tall, dark shadow with a large hat. <laughs> Whenever he showed up, things happened. This was the time of CDs to play computer games. Yep. Yes. One time, I had a game in the computer playing. My sister was over for a visit, too. We were just sitting there talking. I was playing the game, too. The CD reader was defiantly closed and had... I mean, I think she meant definitely. Definitely closed and had been closed for a while. The CD suddenly flew out of the computer across the room and shattered against the wall on the other side. My sister saw it, too, and she was not much of a believer then. We played it off as a weird computer thing and let it go, but it was very unsettling. I feel things more than I see things, and I would feel fear constantly. The shadow thing was scaring the little ghost, girl ghost. One morning, I went into the closet in the baby's room, and it felt like something was cowering in the corner of the closet. I started getting concerned at that point. I started wondering if my son was safe sleeping in that room. He was about three to four months old, and we were moving him out of the bassinet into the crib in the bedroom. Things really started amping up then. I started seeing the little girl ghost running down the hallway with this shadow thing chasing her. I believe she was trying to protect my son. He was usually asleep in the crib when I saw that. About two weeks after my son was sleeping in his crib, I was sitting in the living room watching TV, and my son started screaming. I mean, screaming. I immediately jumped up to run to him. I didn't know what to think. I just knew something was wrong. The second I got to the end of the hallway, facing the bedroom at the other end of the hallway, I felt an intense fear, a panic. I had to get out of the apartment. I had never felt that intense fear before or since this happened. I wanted to run away, but my baby was in the dark room at the end of the hallway. He was still screaming like he was scared too. 
I fought through the panic and forced myself down the hallway into his room. The bedroom light would not turn on, but the light from the hallway lit up the crib. My son stopped screaming the second I went through the door. I walked up to the side of the crib, and I shit you not on this, uh, I shit you not on this, this really happened, the most scariest thing I've ever seen, someone or something else was looking back at me through my son's eyes. They were black. His entire eyes were black. I screamed no, grabbed my son, and ran out of the bedroom down the hall to the living room. I looked at my son's eyes again, and they were back to normal. He was giggling at the cat who had refused to go down the hall, smarty kitty that he was. My husband was working late that night, so the baby slept in my room with me. Uh, a little side note on the cat. He loved my son and would always sleep under his bassinet. That's so cute. He refused to go into the baby's room when he was transferred to the crib, which was weird because for the first, uh, for the few months he, oh my gosh, which was weird because for the few months we had the roommate, the cat would, the cat would sleep in there. The cat would never go into that room again. After the fear passed, I was pissed. Something had tried to take over my child. I decided to cast a protective circle encasing the entire apartment. Being sensitive, I learned how to cast strong protection bubbles. I get visited a lot when I am sleeping and it wears me out, so I imagine a bubble around myself that helps block out visitors and other people's emotions as I am a little empathetic. I have been doing it for so long that I make pretty strong bubbles. A couple days later, my mother-in-law took the baby for the day and my husband was at work. I cast a circle and used all my motherly protection, my mama bear anger, and and my need to protect my child and my husband, and I sat on my bed facing north. I was sure to word the protection spell in a way that the little girl ghost could stay if she wanted to. I just wanted that shadow thing gone. I did my protection circle and casted the protection spell. The apartment seemed very calm after I did that. However, the next day... There was a foul smell coming from bed, specifically under where I sat when I cast the protection spell. It smelled like something had died. We looked everywhere, thinking maybe a baby bottle fell under the bed or something, but there was nothing there. The smell lasted for exactly three days, then it disappeared. I never saw the shadow thing after that. When my son was about one, I became pregnant with my daughter. The little girl ghost disappeared around this time, and sometimes, even now, 21 years later, I think that little ghost girl became my child. I can't explain why I think that, but I do. I have other things to share, but I thought the story was fitting for Halloween and all. Love the podcast. Teresa. I, you know, ghosts aren't always people of the past that died. Yeah. I'm a big believer it could be someone who has not yet been born. Oh, absolutely. Number. So that totally makes sense. I don't even think you need to worry about an explanation. Yeah. I mean, I know a friend that um, she dreamed of her daughter for years before she was ever even pregnant with her. Mm -hmm. And yeah. her daughter grew up to be to look exactly like this, you know, this girl that she would see in her dreams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally believe in stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, intense. Wow, yeah, that was super intense. 
All right. I think that's all the time we have today. Okay. Or do you want to do one more? Um, let's see. We have one that's shorter. The, the next one after this one is shorter. Yeah, from Asti. Um, so we'll just do that one then. Great. Okay. So from Asti, uh, they write, hey, I just found your podcast and I love it, especially when you go over listener questions. So I thought I'd ask one. I used to have my altar in my living room because it gave me lots of working space. However, I have lots of family and friends um, who visit that are non-witches. For this reason, I moved my altar to my bedroom. It gave me a private area to enjoy my craft without making my guests uncomfortable and saged and cleansed everything before and after moving it. For the first couple nights after moving my altar, I started to experience night terrors. These are really realistic dreams where there are dark spirits coming from my altar or being summoned. I did some research and some people say it's bad to have your altar in the bedroom. So do you have any advice or recommendations on altars in the bedrooms or if I have somehow angered my deities by moving them without asking? Thanks. So this one came through Instagram and I did write back to Asti. Mm -hmm. Um, But listen, I have my altar in my bedroom. Uh, and also we've talked about having altars like throughout your home. I don't, I've, I've personally never heard of it being bad to have your altar in your bedroom. No, I've, I've heard it mentioned, but only recently and on TikTok, mm. which is my big like. Red flag. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like a plethora of red flags. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, as far as that concern, I'm going to say, no, you didn't do anything wrong. And, you know, it's not, there's nothing wrong with having your altar in your bedroom. No. And if anything, I would suggest maybe journaling on what you think about having your altar in the bedroom. Maybe there's something subconsciously that, you know, having to move it to your private space rather than somewhere where you had more space because other people, um, I don't know. You didn't want to make them uncomfortable or something. There might be something there. I don't know. Um, but I would put some thought into that and see if that could be why you're having dreams like that. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, um, and it's not judging you whatsoever because I feel like I would be um, also shy about having like an altar in my living room for like guests who are non-witches and might like be judgy or whatever or, or be weirded out um but there's definitely something to that when we have that kind of when we're self-conscious about it i remember when i came out of the broom closet and it was around the time that we started launching the podcast for the very first time mm-hmm. and i'm like well this is gonna be on the public World Wide web so i should probably come out to my parents And I'm currently still living with my parents. So um, I remember telling them and finally feeling open to establish an altar. And of course, it was going to be my bedroom because that was the only space that I have here that is mine. But also just being like very emotionally reactive for like a good month or two whenever they would bring up my practice. Mm -hmm. Because I wanted it to be taken seriously and I didn't want it to suddenly be like I was this one dimensional, like, oh, well, she's a witch thing. And, you know, my my dad loves, you know, telling jokes, yeah. which aren't always funny. 
<laughs> um, and so I was just like, and also like, you know, Gavin would also make some comments cause I wasn't very spiritual in the beginning of us being together. And then suddenly I was very expressively spiritual. He knew that I like, you know, believe, I believe in like, you know, something else out there. And obviously we both came from a Catholic background, blah, blah, blah. But as far as like actual, like witchy shit (laughs) that was like new to him he's like oh okay so I kind of came out of the broom closet to everybody um so yeah I think it's definitely worth kind of doing some self-contemplation as far as how your identity as a witch exists with others and if the act of you feeling like you had to move it to the bedroom is maybe causing you do not have as much peace subconsciously. I don't know. Yeah. No, exactly. But um, we hope that the night terrors stop. Yeah. And, you know, that's never fun. Um, and it, obviously, if it gets, like, too, too bad, go to a professional. There are, you know, doctors that specialize in disrupted sleep, so... Right. There's there's the doctor format and then there's also uh therapists that deal with mm-hmm. night terrors specifically. Yeah. Um that can help you. Yeah. Deal with whatever those may be from. Mm-hmm. Um, so we hope that helps, Esty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So that is our episode. We have so many more listener stories. Like we're at we the have point now. So many. Like, please keep writing in. I'm not saying to stop writing in, but I'm just saying that it's gone to a point where once you write it in, you might not hear it for a couple months. Yeah, I'd say at least two <laughs> months at this point. Yeah, because a lot of these stories were sent in early October and we're reading them for the November episode. So just to give you um a general kind of. Yeah, we did about time about eight this episode and we have 16 mm-hmm. more yeah so yeah at that rate anything new might actually be month three yeah and of course it depends on like how long your stories are but please like right. don't be shy about writing long stories um but just to keep everyone's expectations real and if like you're excited like oh i want this you know i wrote it in it's going to be in the next upcoming episode and you don't hear it it's not that we skipped over you or that we didn't like your story we will get to it it's just that yeah wow we've made it i mean i'm sorry we're so popular <laughs> <laughs> really though like we said we don't we're not going to get a story and go mm, no we will always share it unless of course it's a story that is harmful to um, a group of people, if yeah. it's, you know, overtly I don't know, racist or um, things like that. Yeah. But. Yep. Yep. That's correct. Y'all um, are amazing. So, so I don't see that being an issue. So amazing. Cannot, cannot believe the amount of support that we're getting on the daily, not just through these stories, but on Patreon and people reaching out. It's just, you guys are amazing. Oh my god, and I just remembered, I think next time, I guess, we have that voicemail. Oh my gosh, you guys are going to love the voice, the Google voicemail that we got Um, that's going to be queued up for the December episode. It's adorable. It's 
the cutest. So yeah. if you're if you were listening and that was you, that. you'll have we'll put it on next uh next episode. Next yes. month. It definitely will be there. Oh, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our listener stories episode. We do this once a month, every 13th of the month. If you'd like to submit your own story or question for us to read on the podcast, uh, you can do that a few different ways. Go to our website, thenewwitches.com and go to our contact page. We have a submission form there. You can also email it in directly to us at thenewwitches at gmail.com. And lastly, we just mentioned our Google voicemail box. So you can call it in. It will feature your voice on the podcast. Um, and it gives you three minutes. Again, I say you have three minutes <laughs> to uh, leave your story slash question. The Google voice number for that is 707 uh, Oh, my gosh. I almost gave my <laughs> my own phone number. Um <laughs> 707-559-8111. Um, again, that's 707-559-8111. And um, yeah, if you are interested in becoming a Patreon member, you can go to patreon.com slash the new witches. Uh, we have a lot of great goodies there. Um, bonus episodes are are posted there. Um, you are added to our private social groups, added to our close friends list on Instagram stories, and, uh, you get some private readings with Laura, depending on what level you sign up for a handwritten thank you note. Um, if you give us your mailing address, lots of great stuff. So definitely check it out. Patreon.com slash new witches. Um, follow us on Instagram at the new witches and Facebook and everywhere. It's pretty much the same handle. And lastly, rate and review us. It totally helps us. It's a great way to support the podcast. Tell your friends and family about us too. We would really appreciate it. And that's everything I got so far. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's all of it. That's it. Um, Tune in next week for our belated <laughs> spooky episode. Um, We are so sorry again but we appreciate so much um all of your guys's understanding so we'll catch you next week thank you so much for listening stay witchy keep it creepy bye bye